Hey friends, this is Boss Barista. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. Hey, I'm Christina Snyder. I'm a roaster and barista at Deep Roots Coffee in Cincinnati, Ohio. And what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was waiting for a third thing. I don't know. <laughs> I have two cats. No, that was great. I'm a Pisces. Um, <laughs> yeah. What what are what are your other star and moon signs or rising and oh, moon sign? I'm a hot mess. Uh, <laughs> um, my rising is Gemini, and uh, to nobody's surprise, my moon is Leo. <laughs> All right, so we can just end this conversation. No, okay. <laughs> um, I've. Uh, I feel bad about this and I might be uh, losing like a certain amount of my listeners by saying this, but I have a thing with Gemini's where I'm like, I don't trust you. I, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, it's just, it's a complicated thing. It's fine. Um. <laughs> so I know you because we worked together on the matchbook coffee project mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons that we're talking now is you texted me about a post that you made on your social media. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So I decided kind of abruptly once the new year hit that I was going to withdraw from competition this year. I was, uh, like ready to go, like about to do the roasting competition in Nashville. And I just decided that I couldn't do it, that I needed a break. Um, so I thought I should probably share this and like just make some good out of this situation instead of just feeling bad about myself. Um, but what was really cool about it is that I was able to go to my company and say like, look, I'm tired. I feel like if I do this, I'm just going to push myself over the edge and like I want to be okay for myself and also to be okay enough to serve people. And they right away, like without question, were like, okay, yeah, you're not doing it. That's fine. Do you need to take some extra time off work? Like, what do you need? Like, do you want to like get a beer about this pretty much? And I was like, no, no, like I don't need anything else. I just, you know, needed you guys to be okay with me not doing it. And um, from talking to other coffee professionals, I know that that's not the norm. Uh, Most of the time... I think that your bosses would be pretty pissed about that because it's like you're wasting their money. Maybe it affects the company's reputation in some way, but really like my employers right off the bat were concerned about my safety and uh, we need to do something about that. <laughs> like that has to become the new norm. Right. It's interesting that you point out that like your response was to almost be like surprised or yeah. note that like most coffee companies probably wouldn't be chill with that. So like, but it does seem that you got you folks at Deeper Roots have some some structure built in in terms of like checking in with each other and kind of protecting yourself. So can you talk a little bit about like what that means for you folks over there? Yeah. So uh, one of the main things that we do to like prevent barista burnout is that we once a month will schedule people to like come and do like training sessions where it's really just like us hanging out where we're gonna. Uh, you know, just go over milk again or we'll, like dial in espresso together or just uh, talk about like customer service goals. Um, and in addition to that, like also like a shift where people help out 
with production. And for me, that's always been there because I roast. Like I already was going back and forth, but for the full-time baristas, you know, after a while, like it just gets really exhausting having to communicate with customers all the time. So by doing that, it kind of takes off the pressure a little bit. At least that's our goal. Um, we've been doing that since uh, like this past fall. Um, but that's one thing. And I think uh, like that's like what we have that's like a tangible, like written down scheduling thing. But really the culture that we've created is that we're all friends and we need to check in on each other. And so like, I can't tell you how many times like over the years where like uh, one of my superiors will just be like, hey, are you doing okay? Are you happy right now? Like, are you panicking? <laughs> like, what's up? And that's the same, like, culture that we have, like, within the cafe. It's just, like, being like, do you need to take a break right now? Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to, like, provide a step-by-step and how to make that happen other than just saying, like, give a shit about each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, but I think, but I think, like, you kind of point out some really like important things, like it's not necessarily this like diatribe of things that you have to do as much as it is just like showing that you care about people. Like I wonder from like the first time someone asked you like, Hey, how you're doing to like the last time someone asked you, like, do you feel like there's actual trust built there? Cause I know like for a lot of baristas, like my first response was like, does this person actually care about me? Like what, like what can I actually answer honestly? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, probably the first time I was asked that, I was just like, what do you mean? And like, <laughs> like, yeah, almost, like what's going on? almost get defensive and was like, am I in trouble? Like, what the, am I acting weird? Like, what are you talking about? And then like, it's quickly followed with like, a, well, normally, like you are really like talkative and it just seems like you're quiet. Like, is there something bothering you? And then like kind of that secondary, I'm like, oh, like you, you're just noticing a behavior difference in me. Like, that's cool. Thanks. Like, and then we'll talk about it for a minute. Um, but it's, uh, I think, like, one of the, like, fastest ways that, like, I built trust in this company was, like, just really uh, my manager, John Lewis. Like, he came up to me within, like, the first three months. And, like, just how he asked me if I wanted to roast, uh, like, took me aback. Because he was just, like, you know, you really... Uh, are detail oriented and like you work super hard and I see that. And I just think that you would do well over like in the other end of things as well. Um, and it just seems like you have the personality for it. And I was just like, Oh, oh wow. You see me like that's, that's <laughs> neat. Um, <laughs> and so it's just, we all communicate with each other in this like inherent, like level of vulnerability, uh, our like running joke right now is that the form of deeper roots hazing is uh, asking people what their natal chart is, which is a weird thing to do. But I swear to God that happens like the first shift of everybody who works there. And then we're like, where, why are you in coffee? What has your year been like? Like, <laughs> so it gets real personal real fast, but not in an invasive way, just in a, who are you? There does seem to be like something really special about coffee shops that acknowledge their workers as humans, which seems like such a obvious 
thing to say, but at the same time, like I never hear of managers doing like what your boss did, like asking you like about your goals and like identifying certain traits within you, which is actually, I think something that a lot of managers miss as their job is their job is to like watch people and be like, you're really good at this. Like, why don't you do this? Like identifying skills and kind of just like seeing people for who they are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it makes a huge difference. Um, because none of us want to be viewed as just these like little robotic workhorses. Um, it takes away from like our feeling of identity and like any sort of fulfillment, like within our job. So yeah, it's, it's hugely important to just talk to each other like human beings, even if you're, even if you don't have a close personal relationship, like just being able to recognize that uh, we come with our, like own unique like traits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What like how come you wanted to compete like to start? Like what did you oh, Lord. what did you envision for yourself? <laughs> uh so I've um I've never given a shit about trying to win. Like that wasn't the thing. Um and I competed for the first time a few years ago and really my goal was just like, hey, look at me. I am not a cis het man and I'm doing this. So it really was just about promoting visibility and um, trying to get other folks involved and more comfortable with roasting. Like I figured if I could help people, it would be in that way. Um, And like this year, like that's another thing was like, I realized that by working like in this company and like by just talking to people as much as I do and as being like as loud and as queer as I am, I already am doing what my goal for competition was. And I don't need to push myself further and go on a stage whenever like my whole life is already that stage. I think it's really cool that you were able to kind of like take that step back because I think we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. There's this tendency pretty much in any job to like continue to push yourself further and further and that like the place that you're at is never a comfortable place to be yeah but I really love that like you were able to take a moment and be like I can chill here for a minute Mm -hmm. yeah like what yeah what helped you realize that um I mean I guess uh, we could talk about like from like my personal experience and like I uh this past year I got a divorce as many people know um but what we don't talk about with that is like we we have this idea, like this Hollywood idea of what getting a divorce is like. And it's just like heartbreak and agony and all of that shit. But for me, it wasn't about losing a person. It was about losing a timeline and like my dreams with another person. So suddenly I woke up and I was 28 and I realized that I hadn't lived as myself in five years and that I hadn't pushed myself or done any of the things that I wanted to do. So put a fire in my under my ass. I'm like, that's a good thing in one regard. And I just started going and I was just like, look at me, look at this shit. Let's do this interview. Let's like make this event happen. And I was just going and going and going. And then once it got to be the end of the year. I was just like, well, 
what else do I need to prove to myself? Like I've already become what I can confidently say is the best version of myself and somebody that I love finally. Do I really need to keep going? No. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been wild, but worth it to finally just be happy being myself and like, you know, maybe on my day off, just sit on my couch with my cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you get, you deserve it. Go sit with your cats. I mean, just stop this interview and go do that. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you later. Yeah. Um, but no, but like, that's important to like recognize because like we were talking about earlier, like we continue to push ourselves in ways that don't necessarily like mean anything like what are you trying to prove like you already have proven to yourself that like you can be this independent person so like what what validation are you seeking exactly outside of that um something that like is is interesting to me too is that like we seem to do this a lot like in the service industry too and I wonder like what what are some of your thoughts on like how to take care of yourself when you are like a public facing person Ooh, okay. Um, hmm. I think that you really just need to present yourself in whatever way is most like authentic to your identity. And like, that's, that's a scary thing because like kind of what you're asking is for people to be a little bit vulnerable, but long term, like if we work in places or if, like even just like our social media presence, if we are constantly on the surface pretending to be happy when we're not, then it's going to mess with us long-term. Like, uh, I, I first like got really interested in this idea through another podcast, actually, do you know, like Invisibilia? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they had, uh, this episode a few years ago that was about whenever they first brought over McDonald's to Russia and they introduced the concept of, you know, smiling during customer service. And all the employees there were like, what the hell are you talking about? Because in their culture, they're not going to smile if they're not happy. Like, that just doesn't happen. And uh, they did a study on it. And they found that, like, after a while, like, the customers are looking at the employees smiling. And it made them really happy. And they benefit from it. But the workers who were forced to smile in that situation ultimately felt a disconnect from themselves and from the reality that they're presenting and that was detrimental to their mental health. So that's a really long way of saying <laughs> that presenting yourself like how you are in the moment is healthier for us. <laughs> and I'm not saying like, you know, go behind the counter and sob, but right. yeah, like don't, don't do that shit probably, but we can't force people to like completely present themselves in a way that isn't real. Right. Like nobody should be made uh, like a martyr for their company. There's like, there's a lot of issues. Like think that, that, that like that brings up not only like how do we make 
how do we feel comfortable in our spaces, but also how do employers create spaces that make people feel safe? Mm -hmm. Um, which is really hard because it's like, how do you, it's like you even, I'm I'm like, I feel bad. I feel like we should have recorded like five minutes ahead of time (laughs) because it's like, I keep referencing the stuff that you said earlier, but like, it's almost like a, you know, like chicken or egg situation that you were mentioning earlier. Like, do we, yeah. Like, do we become more uncomfortable as time goes on in the service industry or like, does the service industry attract a certain type of person? Like, how do we kind of like, how do we take, how do we take care of ourselves? Like, why are we, why are we all so like stressed out and anxious all the time? (laughs) Well, yeah, I know it's, I think that the reason we're so stressed out and anxious all the time is because we are rapidly interacting with human beings and having to uh, change our reactions to them. So like when you're working in a rush and if you're at the counter and somebody like cracks a joke at you, then you laugh at it. And then like 30 seconds later, maybe somebody is grumpy as hell and you have to just be chill and still put on a smile. And then you just repeat that process like over and over again with both like positive and negative experiences. And like, it's exhausting to just be completely neutral in that and polite. Um, so, I mean, like we're, we're all anxious because of emotional labor. That's what it is. Are there, are there like moments where people have like reacted to like your energy in a way that like, you don't think that they would react to other people? Uh, (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, actually. Um, I've had a few customers who just have said things to me like, you know, I really appreciate that you just seem to always be who you are back here. And like, I can talk to you about things and we might not agree, but you make me feel comfortable. Like, which is, I would not expect to have like that sort of positive reaction, but I think that I do. Cause it's, it's not like I'm being like a grumpy asshole behind the bar. Like I am genuinely like thrilled to be there, but I might not be in the best mood at all that day. Uh, but I think that people like recognize honesty and that makes them feel welcome. Like one of my catchphrases all the time is like authenticity over aesthetic. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But like the way that you speak about it seems like so optimistic and I'm, I'm happy that you're in a space that that is encouraged, but I'm also thinking about like other people who are probably not in spaces where they feel that they can be their most true and authentic selves. And I wonder like, how do we start to talk to those people and how do we start to like encourage more authenticity behind the bar? Right. I completely agree with you. Like I'm, I'm only this optimistic about it because I've been in this environment for three years where it is so like heavily encouraged for me to just be myself. Um, But I think that it requires a certain risk that a lot of companies haven't even thought to be a possibility because we're just, we're taught to always uh, like the customer is always right. And that you need to always be polite and, this is just like how things work. And I guess, I don't know, that's also a part of our culture and us working under capitalism. But I think that like the first thing that you need to say to people is that we want, like is that we want you to be just as happy as our customers are. 
and whenever you like let your employees that, then you're kind of opening up a certain level of trust. And then from there, hopefully they feel more comfortable being themselves. And then, I mean, this, this just like all snowballs also into like creating work environments where like, it's okay to be um, anything other than cishet, you know? Um, and that's, that's a whole nother can of worms, of course, but. Well, no, that's part of it though. Yeah. Is that like, you're part of a work environment where like authenticity isn't just about like, are you happy or sad today? But it's like, this is who I am as a human. Right. Like respecting each other's identity. And that's, I mean, that's a huge problem. Like I, I think that this conversation also like really like can fit in with our discussions about like harassment in the industry as a whole and like how we can combat that. Um, I think that, yeah, it comes down to like feeling safe. And if we, yeah, if we don't feel safe in our identities and also like in our customer interactions, then nobody's really going to be happy. Um, The way that you talk about like deeper roots and the environment that's been built there makes makes this seem really easy, which is, which is, which, which it's not, but in other ways, like it's kind of optimistic that it could be, you know, like it's mm-hmm. almost like not a lot, a lot needs to change, but it's like all within your control. If that makes sense. Like you have the power to like transform a space. Yeah. I think that it's, it really just depends on the values of like who is, in upper management. Um, well, actually, like I talked to like Molly Flynn about this a lot from Coffee Too, um, where it's just like, well, here's like what managers could be doing to create these situations, but what happens if you are in a company where upper management just won't do that, where they don't want to? Because um, I think that it's it's uncomfortable to say that we need to put in the extra effort to get to like know one another and we have to be at risk of pissing off our customers if they do something. Right. So you mentioned some of the conversations that you had with Molly Flynn, who's the founder of coffee too. And you two hosted an event in Cincinnati a couple months ago that kind of relates to some of the themes that we're talking about now. Could you like talk a little bit about what that event was? Uh, yeah. So Molly and I had never met, but uh, she reached out on social media and was just wondering if anybody in Cincinnati happened to want to hold an event. And I was just like, I sure, who are you? Um, great. <laughs> and we uh, kind of whipped this thing together in a week where we just opened up the roasting facility and invited people to come in. And uh, the goal of this was for us to talk about ways in which we could uh, protect um, women and uh, like folks who like generally face harassment more within the industry, and uh, just kind of like practical solutions that like management could take on, but also how we can like as coworkers protect each other if somebody is being harassed by a customer. And uh, it was just really neat. Like it was just like I think. 10 to 15 of us uh, sitting in a circle drinking coffee and telling our stories. And uh, 
I was really happy that we could like do something like that here, especially because like we don't have events like this in the Midwest, you know, like you hear about stuff like this happening in Seattle or New York, like whatever, but Cincinnati, like, no, (laughs) that doesn't happen. Um, so I think that that event also is another reason why, like I have taken a leap to like talk about, uh, beyond like harassment, like what do we do? whenever somebody's having a panic attack, you know, like how can we recognize um, behaviors like from our coworkers that we can react to like in a positive way and help them with. I th- like the fact that you guys had this event too, I think speaks to creating safe spaces on a, like a really multi-dimensional level. Like it's not just from your bosses. It's not just from you at work, but it's mm-hmm. about like, creating this event so that like someone who maybe works somewhere who maybe doesn't feel safe every day can come and be like, Oh, this is a place that I feel safe too. Like it really kind of like takes a village in a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, like a lot of people are talking about like how they don't work in places where they feel supported and, you know, they're saying, well, how do I like come back to my owners and managers and talk to them about this? And like, the goal is like to be like, Hey, these are the things that we're doing. If you do this with your, your company, then like everybody's going to be happier. They're going to do their job better. Um, and isn't that what you want? <laughs> like for like you, so. Right. That seems like a goal. <laughs> it's like having this argument with people in power seems silly. Sometimes it's like, why wouldn't you want your staff to work at like their best possible? Yeah ability like it seems it seems like you folks at deeper roots are not only very well connected but i'm gonna guess that you probably don't have like a whole ton of turnover no (laughs) we we all stick around for as long as we possibly can (laughs) (laughs) they have to like kick you guys out pretty much yeah um but like that's great like that's people don't realize like how much not only is it just like morally wrong to to keep people down and and not to have them feel comfortable at work but it's also like an issue of productivity and money yeah people exactly and like that's I don't know why that is such like a hard concept for some people to get it's just like no if you have happy employees then your company will run better and people will react to that like people I think that there's some like debate on if this is like scientifically valid, but I at least think that customers can tell the difference between genuinely happy folks behind the counter and people who are just forcing themselves to like grin and bear it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really obvious too, when people leave a place and they talk about Someone asked me recently, they're like, oh, so-and-so never mentions that they used to work at XYZ Coffee Company. And I'm like, yeah, because I used to work there too. And I never tell people that because I wasn't proud to be there because it was a place where I felt like stifled. And it's like that always, that keeps going. Like it doesn't just end the minute that you leave a coffee shop or a company. It continues throughout, you know, time and space. Um, And I really like get... I don't know. You're totally right. Like I, you can tell when people like a place because like you hear them talk about like 
we're doing such cool things here and I'm excited to be here. But when you hear people like immediately kind of neg on something, you're like, oh, (laughs) oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not the first thing that like you want to hear. So like, I don't know. It's, it's baffling to me that people don't take that seriously, especially because like now that it seems like you folks have it like locked down, it's like automatic for, for you at deeper roots, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that we also come at the benefit of like this company was created by four best friends. So there's already this like familial aspect built into there. And then like, as it grew, like they are going to treat us as they already treat each other. You know, it's Mm -hmm. uh, harder to have that whenever we talk about like more established, like corporate level companies, But, you know, that being said, like, I still think that, like, if you come at it from an angle of productivity, like, it's still the right thing to do to give a shit about how your employees are doing. Um, What are some ways that you, because, like, you're in, in a certain way, like, you're a leader there at Deeper Roots, especially because you are one of the roasters and you host these events. Like, how do you create that feeling of safety and camaraderie? Like, how does it start from you? Uh, I, I pretty much am always checking in on my barista family. Like I, I try my best to be a person that people can come to. Um, you know, like even like just like the other day, like I just texted like one of my coworkers and I'm like, I, are you, are you doing okay? Like, I feel like you're probably really tired. And she immediately was like, uh, no, could you take my shift? And I'm like, okay, yeah, go in there. But I know that she wouldn't have asked me on her own, you know? So like, I, I just try to like get to know people and like, just, I can't like stress enough, like just checking in on people all the time. And that's like not being like every day going to work. It's like, Hey, are you having a personal crisis? Like you don't need to do that. But just, like, pay attention to how people are acting and, like, how many days in a row they've been working and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. not just that. Uh, people won't tell you what they need all the time. No. Like, you have to you have to be proactive about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and again, it's not nagging. It's just, like, if you have a feeling that somebody might not be doing that well, that intuition is probably correct. And, Wait, and what's the worst that could happen if you ask? Exactly. Like, we'll be like, no, I'm good. Like, but thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And yeah. we're done. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Um, what What do you want people to know about you? Like, what would you want someone listening to this to take away from a conversation with you? Ah, oh, geez. Um, <laughs> it's hard. I know. <laughs> that's a freaking hard question. Um, yeah, I think that what I would like people to know is that me um, talking so much about being queer and about being non-binary and about any struggle I have and like all of that like vulnerability and just exposure to my inner world is my effort to make other people feel comfortable to do so. Like on one part, absolutely that's for me. And it's about me living as like authentically as I can, but I want other people to feel comforted 
by me just being myself. Like I want everybody to have this chance and ability to like live openly. So yeah, I just, I hope that I am a like note of encouragement. I think you are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just need like a, a val- like a validating stance. Sometimes it's a, it's easy as just like you do do this and you're like, thank you. Yeah. You're doing a great job <laughs> and I'm very happy to know you. Oh, thanks dude. I had, I had a question and I feel a little embarrassed asking this. That's okay. Have we ever met in person? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to remember that. I was like, no, it's, I feel like I've talked to you a lot. Yeah. No, we never have. Um, <laughs> like, it's really funny, but no, we, we definitely never have. But like, I was like, also keep in mind, like I was like doing coffee things, but then like, again, got divorced. And then it was like, I'm doing coffee things. Everybody look at me. Ah! <laughs> so like, even if we had an opportunity, I probably wouldn't have talked to you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I realized that like I've talked, this is, I don't know what number this will be. This is, uh, I just released the 66th episode of this, of this podcast. Lord. And I was like, and I've interviewed so many people like for Matchbook and for like, like Barista Magazine stuff. And I'm, I like now have that question when I talk to people, I'm like, have I met this person in real life? Cause I realized that like, I actually know like a fair amount about you yeah. just through like interviewing you for both this and Matchbook and Barista Magazine. I know. I like, oh, wait, I've never. Yeah, I think you do know a good bit about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, if people want to reach out to you, like what is the best way for people to do that? Um, I would say just uh, attempt to follow me on social media. Um, like I always talk to people in my DMs. Like I've, I've made some of my best friends just from like talking on the internet. So like I'm, I'm always around. I'm always available. But uh, yeah, check me out at Coffee Queerdo. <laughs> it's a delightful Instagram account. Please right? follow yeah. it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I try my best. Um, sorry about like gratuitous cats and stuff. Nope. Yeah. Don't be sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can, uh, Coffee Queerdo is where we find you on Instagram. And like you said, you have a lot of cat photos which is amazing and all I all I really care about if I'm being frank with anybody's social media yeah um but thank you again for taking the time to talk to me and just to like share your story and I think by by being like transparent and being vulnerable you are setting an amazing example and I really appreciate it I know thank you so much for talking to me as always duh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and thank you to everybody who's listening all right bye bye Boss Barista is made by me, Ashley Rodriguez, in collaboration with Good Beer Hunting, which is an industry-leading design studio, editorial platform, and podcast examining all the ways we look at the things that we eat and drink. You can check out more at goodbeerhunting.com. Seriously, their stories are incredible. My favorite series right now is the Humanity and Hospitality series that they've been running for the past couple of months, examining different ways that we look at people in the service industry. Special thanks to Jesse Raub and Jordan Stalling. Also special thanks to our music contributors, the band Lost in the Sun. You've made this podcast sound incredible. 
I'm just looking for a better day.